This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, everyone. We are back. It's another day here on Let's Go There. It really is. Another day, almost Friday. I can't believe it. I Honestly, I can. I'm very ready for it. And it's like crazy because... Obviously, next weekend is a really big week in L.A. It's the Super Bowl weekend. Oh, yes. I keep forgetting. And it's also Valentine's Day around there. Right. I mean, I don't really care about that day. But anyway, um, as, <laughs> actually, I don't even care about the yeah, Super Bowl Yeah, like, you're a sports person? Um, but it's crazy because I was watching the news, right? Uh-huh. And it's insane how uh, some, they did a segment about... Uh, how parking is uh-huh. people are buying parking spaces at like oil chain spots like where you can go get like you know mechanics are like you know selling oh, yeah. spots at their their parking lot guess how much those tickets are like to stay like for how long for the, it's, I mean, to like, I guess for as long as the the uh, football game, thousand dollars. No, actually, wow, you really went there. It's only like six hundred and something. Yeah, I was gonna say five hundred, and I thought yeah. that was pretty expensive. That is, I feel like we're outside this bubble, like it's happening in our city, and yet we're like not near downtown. Or it's no, it's not get, downtown. It's, no, uh, it's in Sofi- SoFi. Yeah, SoFi, the SoFi Stadium. It's going to get crazy. In all honesty. I'm, like, planning and staying in my house the entire day. Did you get invited to any parties yet? No, and I don't know if anyone is doing anything. If Like, I know there's, like, legit parties, but I don't think I'm cool Let's enough. just have a party at my house. Where, in Venice? Yes. Well, everyone, yeah. you talk about Venice all the time. Right. Everyone knows you live in Venice. Like, she's like, oh, my God, you just told everyone I live. Everyone knows you live there. I'll be moving tomorrow. <laughs> But yeah, like I think we should do something. We should do something. Honestly, if you see Shira on the street, you should literally just like, you know. My God, what are you saying? I told my dad something today and he's like, well, you don't want to make that decision. You could end up on the street. And I was like, what? Wait, what? I was like, what kind of motivation is that, dad? Like, I'm talking to you about taking leaps of faith in my life. And you're like, well, be careful about that. I mean, you're really, that's the one thing I admire about you. You're really willing to take leaps of faith when it comes to like getting into new industries and new things. Like, you know, I, that's something admirable. But I mean, your dad got a point. Like, if it all goes to. I was like, no, dad, I won't. Because I'm going to be going to you. You're going no. to be the prettiest homeless girl no. I've ever oh, seen. Oh, God. <laughs> What's coming right. up on the show today? Well, I can't believe this. Also, the opening ceremony is taking place tonight in Beijing uh, for the Winter Olympics. Yes. And Outsports joins us to discuss the athletes on Team LGBTQ. Oh, my God. It's our, our like, weekly, monthly, yearly sports talk. Right. That's at 4.20 p.m. Pacific, 7.20 p.m. Eastern. With Mark Zuckerberg taking a $29 billion hit. Imagine that on the news of Facebook losing followers. Are we seeing the decline of social media? The Washington Post joins us for that discussion as well. And at first, the Supreme Court might allow racial gerrymandering. So how devastating will that be to Democrats' hopes in 20? 
2022. Vox joins us for that in 10 minutes. Right now, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. Okay, so Alfonso David, the former president of the Human Rights Campaign, you know, the country's largest LGBTQ advocacy group, sued the organization in federal court today. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, this is going to get real cray-cray. He alleges that he was underpaid and then terminated, quote, because he is black and saying the HRC has a deserved reputation for unequal treatment of its non-white employees. Which is true. Yeah, he was fired in September after a report by New York Attorney General Letitia James described how he had helped discredit a sexual harassment accuser of former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. David, who was... Cuomo's chief counsel from 2015 to 2019 has denied any wrongdoing. So this is, yeah, a big deal to sue HRC. So it will be interesting to see what comes of that. Yeah. Now, big news uh, here in the U.S. with our international relations, the U.S. Special Operations Forces Forces mission in northwestern Syria has killed an ISIS leader. And here is President Biden. Last night, operating on my orders... United States military forces successfully moved a major terrorist threat to the world, the global leader of ISIS, known as Haji Abdullah. He took over as leader of ISIS in uh, 2019 after the United States counterterrorism operation killed al-Baghdadi. Since then, ISIS has directed terrorist operations targeting Americans, our allies, and our partners, and countless civilians in the Middle East, Africa, and in South Asia. And thankfully, he also said that all U.S. military members came back safely. And finally, Spotify shares fell as much as 18% in late trading after Spotify reported a decrease in subscriber outlook. In an interview with Reuters after the report, Spotify Chief Financial Officer Paul Vogel said this year's growth rate would not be that much different than last year's in terms of users and subscribers. This comes, of course, as Spotify is dealing with a lot of backlash after Joe Rogan's comments and misinformation around COVID-19. So, yeah, Spotify is uh, not having a good time right now. Definitely, they are under the microscope. That's for sure. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so let's get into this wild story that is coming out of The Mask. The newest season of Fox, The Mask Singer, hasn't even aired yet. The reality hit has already caused a stir with a shocking unmasking during the taping of the first episode. It is time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So Rudy Giuliani was revealed as one of the first contestants to depart in the upcoming season seven premiere um, prompting two of the show's judges uh Ken uh I think is it Ken Ken Jung. Yeah, King Jung. Yeah, Ken Jung and Robin Thicke to storm off the stage in protest according to Deadline. Uh-huh. So while Ken and Robin hit the exit, the other two judges, Jenny McCarthy and Nicole Scherzinger, stayed put and chatted with the former New York City mayor. Ugh. Um uh, yeah, Deadline did not disclose Giuliani's costume character or the song that sent him home early. Um, the new season is set to premiere March 9th. And if you don't remember, uh, back in season three, Nick Cannon couldn't even believe his eyes when Sarah Palin was famously revealed as the bear. And he literally said this, this might be the most shocked I've ever been on the show. Well, seems like he may be shocked coming up with Rudy Giuliani, which what the hell is going on with Rudy Giuliani being a part of the mass Singer? It's the grossest on thing to TV. see this. Well, the question is who's pitching him and who's booking him, right? I mean, like, I, in the end, you know, he was what, on Dancing with the Stars, right? 
Was that? No, no. that was Sean Spicer. Was wrong person. I mean, yes, I remember that. Right, I mean, right, right, conservative, wrong person. Yeah, <laughs> but like in terms of booking this, they needed to know that there would be a lot of discussion around this, right? Yeah. And he's. Be- being investigated right now. I like, know. Why would you do that? It's just never okay in this idea of like when you're booking these like these Republicans on who are like just really awful and not even just based on their being being them being Republican. They are just doing like super illegal stuff on their day to day being investigated, and you're giving them this kind of redemption kind of like era where they can come in and and do these fun little ha ha. Well, ha, undermines under, all, yeah. the, what they're what's actually being looked at it's and done. It's a little strange. Yeah. It's a little, little strange. I'm not okay with it. And also, imagine being one of the judges because I kind of looked when I read this report, I was like, Jenny and Nicole, why were y'all talking to him? Like, why were y'all having like this banter moment as what it was described in Deadline? But also, the show kind of must go on. Like, I'm happy someone protested. I just wouldn't have, I, I would have stayed, <laughs> but I would have been like, so why are you here not, <laughs> not locked like, up? what's going on? Like, also, I made it cute. what about all the people that had to work with him leading up to that performance? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, like I said, the new season is set to premiere March 9th. And, of course, we got more T-Report and more headlines coming up next hour. So stick around for that. Shira, what is coming up? Well, will SCOTUS allow racial gerrymandering during Black History Month? They very well might. That's next. A new Supreme Court case coming out of Alabama could make it almost impossible to stop racial gerrymandering. And here to share more is Ian Milheiser, senior correspondent at Vox. Thanks for joining us today. It's good to be here. Thanks so much. Well, first, let's talk about this case and also break down what racial gerrymandering means. Sure. So racial gerrymandering is when a state legislature draws its legislative lines, draws the congressional districts or the state legislative districts so that it maximizes the power of one race and minimizes the power of people of a different race. So the allegation in this case is that the state of Alabama basically packed as many black voters as it could in one district and then spread out the remaining black voters in the state over other congressional districts. And the upshot of that is even though African-Americans make up about 27% of the population of Alabama, they'll only get 14% of the representation in Congress. So that seems bad. They have a strong case. They won in the lower court. Mm. And Alabama is now going to the Supreme Court with a legal argument that if it succeeds, would really make it impossible for anyone to potentially make it impossible for anyone to challenge a racial gerrymander. Okay, so let's talk about this, because obviously, you know, there is a huge conversation in the political atmosphere of like voting rights and the importance of that, especially with the midterms coming up. How could we really see this impact everything we're talking about in terms of seeing that if you redraw a map, everything can just quickly change. Right. So, yeah, we're in the middle of a redistricting cycle now. You know, every state has to redraw its maps every 10 years. Um, That's to make sure that those districts have relatively even populations, so you don't have one district that has, you know, 10 times as many voters as as another. And that process is really fraught. I mean, there is political gerrymandering where Democrats will draw maps to maximize the number of Democrats that win, and Republicans will draw maps to maximize the number of Republicans that win. 
Um, in racially diverse states, you often see a lot of racial gerrymandering, especially by Republican legislatures, because um, black and brown voters are much more likely to be Democrats. And so if a state, if a Republican legislature wants to minimize the influence of Democrats, one way that they can do that is they can gerrymander the black voters. And, you know, not every black voter votes for, for, votes for a Democrat, but because Black voters are overwhelmingly likely to be Democrats. That has the effect of maximizing the power of the Republican Party. Yep. Again, we're talking to Ian Milheiser from Vox. So how worrisome is this? um, And also knowing that the current state of voting rights in America just seems very um, off kilter right now. Yeah. I mean, the, the worrisome thing is that I think you're seeing a lot of state lawmakers away with. I mean, first of all, you have the aftermath of the January 6th attack, which was a violent attempt to overthrow the legitimately elected government of the United States. You've seen a number of, you know, really scary voter suppression laws. The worst is probably Georgia, which potentially allows the Republican Party to take over the way that elections are run in the Democratic strongholds in that state. Um, You know, racial gerrymanders are something that have been around for a really long time. And we're supposed to have fairly strong um, legal safeguards against them. Now, particular cases about is that typically if you are a voting rights plaintiff and you want want to challenge a racial gerrymander, the first thing you got to do before you're even allowed to like before your case can really begin is you have to prove that it's possible for you to win. Mm. So in this case, you know, Alabama would have one congressional district that's a majority black district. The plaintiffs want there to be two districts that are majority black districts. And in order to, like, just get their foot in the door so they can even litigate this case, they have to first just pull up the map saying, look, here is a map that would have two black majority black districts. Just so that that's because if it's not possible to do that, there's no point in doing the lawsuit. Right, right. Um, and what Alabama's argument is, oh, when you drew those sample maps to prove that it's possible to have two majority black districts, you took too much account of race. That, that, that's literally yeah. their argument. But so I, I, uh, we're seeing this and it's wrong what's happening. But knowing that the Supreme Court is filled with conservatives, I mean, it's probably not going to get passed. Couldn't this now make the situation worse? Yes. I mean, things can get really bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the, the court has been dismantling the Voting Rights Act, which is the mechanism that the law uses to prevent racist election laws. I mean, this would be the fourth in a series of cases going after the Voting Rights Act if, if it ends badly. Um, you know, the court has basically said that partisan gerrymandering is permitted. Um, it has... You know, it's just extraordinarily skeptical to voting rights claims. And, you know, we have voting rights laws for a reason. We have them because we want to be able to trust our elections. And we have them because, you know, specifically when we're talking about race, there is a long and dark history here that we're trying to keep from happening ever again. And we'll we'll see if it happens because we we just know that the Supreme Court, you know, has a history of dismantling voting rights. But we really appreciate you for joining us, Ian. Uh, Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. 
Oh, yeah, sure. Thank you. That was Ian Melheiser, senior correspondent at Vox. Coming up next, as CNN's Jeff Zucker resigns, what actually happened and what does the future hold for the network? After This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes. Now, yesterday we talked about CNN President Jeff Zucker just suddenly stepping down over a romantic relationship with his closest colleague. And this came out while they were doing the investigation into Chris Cuomo. I mean, it's something about the culture over there at CNN where what's done in the dark is most definitely coming to light. Okay, well, back with us is Justin Varagona, Daily Beast media reporter. Thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, Thank you, guys. Yeah, so were you surprised about this? And, like, things just keep on going down at CNN slash falling apart? Uh, Well, I mean, it was was definitely uh, surprising that it happened. And it's kind of surprising that this is the thing that he's resigning over. Um, Mm. Because it's – the thing is, is, this was an open secret at CNN – that him and uh, Allison Gullist, who, uh, had, you know, is a high-ranking executive at CNN, who, who he, you know, he brought her over, uh, but that they'd had a long-standing relationship. Um, and they're both divorced, so this, is, uh, this isn't even an extramarital thing happening, you know, on the okay, workplace. Okay, It was consensual, yes. So that's the big thing, because I even thought that. I was like, well, then why, if it was kind of both consensual, then isn't there steps, like, if you would think, go to HR to be like, hey, yes, we're dating, and it's fine, mm-hmm. or is it just all, like, a conflict of interest well, that makes that's it uncomfortable? The, that's the thing, is they're saying, you know, he's, uh, the, the thing is it wasn't disclosed uh, corporately. Mm. is what's being said here um even though you know again everyone at the network knew that they were a couple um but it this all kind of relates to the chris cuomo firing and chris cuomo wanting to uh that basically he's threatening a lawsuit uh and currently there's an investigation but threatening a lawsuit uh if he's not paid his like a severance or the remainder of his contract. Um, and this all came about during these negotiations because uh, CNN hi- hired a law firm and they began asking around about the relationships yeah. and all that. And that's how it came out. And I, from what I understand, like he was actually said, we're either going to terminate you or you need to resign. 
Oh, so this so is an ultimatum. Yeah, it seemed like, the, you know, other things were going to come out and they're like, this is a great way to do it without as much drama, maybe, because it's like mm-hmm. one of those things. But then how do people feel about, you know, the woman leaving or, or staying there, not leaving? She's staying there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, that really hasn't come up in terms of when I've, what I've talked to people at CNN about. Uh, right now, the, it, the people at CNN especially like the on-air personalities and hosts, uh, they're just, you know, they're stunned and, and shocked that he's left, you know. Um, we, we've had, you know, people are livid uh, is what we've been told uh, from even the executives uh, branch. But, you know, the people that actually work on the air, they, you know, they loved Zucker. And oh, really? they were like, you know, how I can't believe that he's gone. Uh, and what are we going to do now? Uh, I mean, you know, on in terms of a media critic type of thing, uh, you know, people have been saying, you know, why didn't Zucker go like Zucker had stepped in it with the whole Cuomo situation before he finally fired Cuomo anyway, yeah. you know, that he left him hanging around for a long time, uh, even after, you know, there had been so many ethical questions uh, regarding Cuomo's own behavior. And then, um so it, it it it, but within the network itself, he was a beloved figure, and they're they're all kind of in a state of shock right now that uh, that he's gone, and that he's gone because of this. Why? Well, and I also assume like he would still probably get a, you know, even though he resigned, he or or he would get a like a payout, right? Like the rest of his contract. I yeah, I don't know that yet. I mean, but I, I would assume, yeah. but I don't know that. We don't know that. I'm sure that those details will come out. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm sure that that was a negotiated thing, you know, it's like, it well, am I going to, and uh, one thing to, to, to quickly point out here is that Zucker was supposed to leave this position at the end of last year. Oh. And he announced that at the beginning of last year. However, when the whole Warner media, uh, merger happened with CNN, uh, Zucker decided to stay on. Uh, indefinitely in this position. So he had already announced that he was going to be stepping down mm. as president. So uh, maybe he, but then he decided to stay. It was a good yeah. time. He was like, yeah. this is just a sign at this point. We just got to go. Opening. Yeah. And, and that was, I think that's another thing is uh, that, but that could also play into why he was pushed. He was either given, he was given an ultimatum yeah, to go sure. or you're going to, you know, you either go on your own or we're going to fire you because he had already decided to, to kind of, renege on his promise to step down anyway. Does someone like so, him bounce back from like this type of like messy news story? Uh, sure. A lot of other people have. I mean, yeah, he'll probably, uh, I'm sure well, that like, there'll be some fledgling else. network. There'll be some, well, at the very least, there'll probably be some fledgling network that'll yeah. come calling, but there could also be, you know, he, he has success over at NBC before CNN, you know, he was the guy behind The Apprentice and all that. Mm. So, you could, you could go to Trump's new network lead. or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was Justin Varagona, Daily Beast media reporter. Thank you again. All right. Thank you, guys. It was great. Now, coming up, LA Mayor Eric Garcetti is being called out because of masks. Should we be taking this as seriously as we are? That's next. Okay, so a lot of people are calling out L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti. Want to know why? Well, he was uh, 
caught. I mean, there was a picture that was posted. He was caught. <laughs> of him uh, with, with uh, San Francisco Mayor London Breed and NBA star Magic Johnson. So they are all together, you know, uh, shoulder to shoulder, looking all cute at an event, at a Rams event. And... They're not wearing masks. I think him and Ga- uh, Gavin Newsom were at the same event because people were calling Gavin Newsom out as well for not having on a mask at that same event because they were all in a box. And, you know, I guess over there, it's like, oh, you're only with a few people. At you're- the SoFi Stadium yeah. in LA, yes. And you're only, you're with few people who are also obviously vaccinated or, you know, they're, you know, they're either wearing masks or they're not. And, of course, I don't know what it is. They have to do better than this. Like, they have to do better than this as po- politicians, knowing that if they're going to take photos with no mask on, that the only other option, you're giving, like, Republicans and conservatives fuel to drag you. I agree. I agree. The thing is, I also feel like it would have been performative if people saw them in that space. Unless they just, like, no. in that space, they keep their masks on. Uh-uh. They're obviously, let's they be clear, they're they're boosted. They're obviously mm-hmm. hanging out in space. Like, we know they have lives. They're not going to always have their mask on. Sure. But I do think, yeah, in public spaces where no. they know that we shot, they, they probably should unless they're ready to be called out. No. So, uh, yeah, this is the same event. Gavin Newsom was there as well. They all got photos with Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah, of course. And Magic no one is, did it. No one's wearing. I mean, he did post the photo. No one is wearing mask. And I'm sorry, these are not celebrities. You see how no one's dragging Magic Johnson. He is a celebrity. <laughs> I'm People celebrity are dragging okay. politicians, especially Gavin Newsom, who had a recall attached to him because Republicans were so eager to get him out of here because he. They feel like he's forcing them to wear a mask and have all these mandates. When you know all of that as a politician is happening to you, you have to do the extra step to get all of that away from you, you know, like to like bypass all of the negativity. But you're literally fueling the fire. And it's so disappointing to see because it's just like, yes, you're having a good time. Yes, they're humans. But unfortunately, when you decide to be the mayor of Los Angeles and the the governor of California, (laughs) the biggest one of the biggest states in this country, you got to get the bars a bit higher. Yes. Uh, I mean, everywhere we go, we see our president and vice president wearing their masks, like anywhere they're going. And so, like, you have to kind of think about it in that way, in that lane. High profile, um, you know, politicians have other standards, unfortunately. You can see Eric Garcetti has his mask in his hands. So, you know, he he has good intentions. And he was, like, dragged for being at, like, family, like, at at a private dinner with no mask indoors. Like, it's just like he keeps stepping in it. And it's like, at this point, are you doing it on purpose? I think this is what they should do. They should then, if they know they're going to do this, say, you know, we uh, encourage you not to be at necessarily big events. But if you're at small events, then, and everyone's boosted and everyone's safe and everyone's negative, then you could take off your mask. Like, create, <laughs> promote <laughs> guidelines that support your lifestyle and what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Like, I mean, it's just... It's just really weird because then you'll have a, a conservatives are you know a parent saying rules for thee but not for me. Meanwhile, yeah. our school you know, children yeah. have to wear masks for hours on end. Like you're going to get all of that, which then it it it, it really. Uh, you know, trashes up the whole entire messaging that Democrats at, in Washington and our president is really trying to push through. And we're trying to all get everyone on the same page. But when other Democrats are not aligned and doing stupid stuff like this, 
it's just wild to me to witness. It really, really is wild. So I don't know. I don't got much more to well, say. Well, they're, yeah, they're stepping into it and they're asking for that criticism, unfortunately. Although, I, yeah, as a as a human human, I get it. We're all, you know, if we were in an event like that, we, and it was safe. I would be wearing my mask. You'd be wearing your mask with a picture with Magic Johnson at like a a, a lounge like that I'm where it's a honest, small group. I wouldn't even ask for a picture with Magic Johnson. I would ask for a picture <laughs> with his true. with his like with his son before you know I asked. Oh yeah, him. his son is cool, EJ. right? Yeah, I yeah. would. I'm like, I I would look at Magic That's Johnson true. and be like, but oh hey, you're mom, going wait to be clear. You're going to a small event in an open area in a no, lounge sis. with like people. You're gonna wear your mask the whole time. That's what's different between us. Okay. Well, next up, a conservative host is uh, saying that the trans movement wants to turn us into machines. The latest ridiculousness next. Yes, we are back. Hope you're enjoying that music right here on Channel Q. More to come. Right now, let's get into some more show with Facebook losing $200 billion this week. Are we seeing the beginning of the end of the social media platform? The Washington Post joins us for that in 10 minutes. But right now, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Well, we just spoke about this. (laughs) Mayor Eric Garcetti is now defending his maskless picture with Magic Johnson at SoFi Stadium. I'm used to uh, criticism as a public figure. I've been wearing the mask the entire game long. People want a picture, I hold my breath, zero risk. Probably won't do it anymore because it's a distraction. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm holding my breath. But yeah, like that holding breath thing. You might as well have just said, you know what, I took it off for the picture, I shouldn't have done it, and I'm gonna be uh, more careful next time. This is a distra- distraction, you're right. First of all, Eric Garcetti is like literally, he's going into a new position as the ambassador of like India or to India. Yeah. If you can't even understand basic mandate rules of wearing your mask, how are you supposed to be an ambassador to a whole other place? Please. I'm, I'm just like, what is actually happening here? I just don't get it. And him holding his breath, that's the dumbest thing. Yeah, I, mean, I just know no dumb. one's PR told you to say that. <laughs> no. That was so They said stupid. afterwards, you're like, did you regret saying that? Maybe. Yes, you should. Please. Yeah. Now, in a bizarre anti-trans rant, conservative talk show host or uh, Charlie Kirk recently claimed that transgender people are trying to turn human beings into machines. I believe, and this is to go a level deeper, but you guys are smart, you'll get it. The transgender movement actually matters even more than biomedical fascism, and they actually are together. Because the transgender movement is an introductory phase to get you to strip yourself of your humanity to mesh with machines. It's called transhumanism. I can't. They want you to say, okay, well, I can choose any gender. Why can't I just have like an exoskeleton of some sort of machine around me? This is what meta is about, the metaverse, kids staring at screens all day long. This is documented, this is proven, this is where Silicon Valley is going. This is why they're so insistent on this transgender thing, because if you stop- Ah, you discovered it. Charlie oh Kirk, God. you have all the answers. I've never heard of this person until now. Yeah, he found a turning point America and students for Trump. <gasps> oh, of course yeah. I haven't heard from them. Exactly. It's not your favorite publisher, is it? Yeah, it's not my guy. Uh, and finally, COVID-19 temporarily reduces male fertility by 18% while getting vaccinated against the virus has no negative effect on consumption, conception. That's according to a new study uh, cited on Wednesday by Dr. Anthony Fauci. And the White House chief medical advisor said the data are clear. COVID-19 vaccination in male or female partners did not affect the likelihood of conception. So this has been used as an a way uh, of people saying that they don't want to get 
the vaccine. I was going to say an excuse, uh, but a lot of people, there is the fear of this. And it was a bit of a, a part of the misinformation around the vaccine. But I'm happy that they're finally sharing this. Not that it might matter because some people who believe this just stick with that, right? Even yeah. with studies that come out, unfortunately. Although they did say that couples were temporarily, I mean, had temporarily 18% less likely to conceive if the male partner had been infected with COVID-19 within 60 days of trying. So that was uh, What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay. Oh, wow, that was loud. That I came mean, in you know, strong. I, I wanted it to, you know? It is time for Sex in the City, right? So if you are watching the final uh, finale of And Just Like That, get ready for this tea report. No. There will not be any spoilers. Good, thank you. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do that. It's time for the T Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So, and just like that, it had to get a little creative when reviving Sex in the City after original star Kim Cattrall made it very clear that she was done playing Samantha Jones for good, right? We all knew this. And with the first season of the revival now over at HBO Max, creator uh, Michael Patrick King and Sarah Jessica Parker actually opened up to Variety about how they worked around that glaring cast omission, starting with the fact that they never even asked her to return in the first place. Hmm. They never asked her to return. Um, Michael Patrick King actually confirmed the show never reached out to Contrell um, about appearing in the the new season, uh, quote, because she said what she said. Uh, He added that he has no... No realistic expectation of Kim Cattrall ever appearing again, saying the door is closed as far as he is concerned. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, seriously, though. Now, and if Cattrall actually even suddenly reversed her decision, let's be honest here. What would Sarah Jessica Parker think? Well, at this point, she wouldn't be on board with it anyway because she said this. I don't think I would because I think there's just too much public history of feelings on her part that she shared. I haven't participated in or read any articles, although people are inclined to let me know. Um, basically, she continued. She said, we didn't go to Kim for this, you know, after we didn't do the movie and the studio couldn't meet what she wanted to do. We have to hear her and listen to her and what was important to her. It didn't fit into what was important or needed for us. And so uh, she did go out to um, Sarah Jessica Parker went on to point out that Samantha is still very much a part of the show and believes they handled the character on the Revival with quote much such uh, with such respect and elegance without making her a villain. And honestly, I'm just gonna say watch the finale because I watched it this morning. Oh, and I see. I need to watch good. it at night with a little drink. Well, no, because some people watch it at midnight when it drops, and then oh, others. Yeah. I wanted to watch it in the morning because, you know, so many people are going to be talking about it, and I wanted to be a part of the conversation. I'm, I'm watching it tomorrow <laughs> night. I have a night alone without my partner, so that will be my Sex in the City night. Yeah. Well, that is your tea report. We got more coming up next hour. Okay. After this, why Facebook lost 200 billion in value overnight, and what the future holds for the social media platform that's next with the washington post we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch minimum of four lines for 25 dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account five dollars more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due 35 dollars per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Facebook and Instagram owner Meta saw $200 billion of its market value vanish into thin air late last night and early this morning. So is this a sign that Meta is losing its relevance? What does the future hold? Well, Elizabeth Dwoskin joins us right now, tech reporter at The Washington Post. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So why did it have this big of a dip? What's going on? Well, you said, is this the, is this the end of Facebook and I would say no, but it may be the beginning. Maybe we were looking at for metaphors, met, um, metaphors to describe it, and it could be the, the beginning of the end, or it could be the barbarian at the gate. Oh. Um, just a sign that Facebook, which has been this growth juggernaut and this financial juggernaut, becoming one of the most well-capitalized, wealthy companies in the world and ubiquitous, probably you know has half more than half the world's population using it. Um, it's just, it's a sign that things are catching up to them and they're slowing down. Yeah. And that's big because they've had a huge 18-year run. 18 Unlike years. anything we've ever seen. Wow. I mean, that's such a long time. And I think for me, I'm wondering, what's the culture inside of Facebook like? Like, how are they responding to, like, you know, their the employees' you know worries and, and claims, especially with this big news everywhere? I wonder what the employees are feeling. Yeah, I think it's like, I think people are, um, you know, they've had so many scandals. You know, they've had, there were, you know, massive privacy scandals that led to this big, you know, FTC case and a settlement. The year later, they had January 6th, and it turned out that they were a major organizing force for the whole Stop the Steal movement and the big lie around the election. Um, you know, and then it turns out from a whistleblower and we know Francis Haugen, we know that, you know, the company has done extensive research into how its own algorithms cause societal polarization, send people down paths towards violent groups, amplify vaccine misinformation. Um, like they have knowledge of that and they've actually studied it. And so to be there right now, I think there is a, just like any big company that employs 70, Facebook employs 70,000 people. Wow. It's okay. like a mix. Like there's no way to say what do 70,000 people feel? I think some people feel like, okay, I'm just working there for this amazing paycheck because mm-hmm. people there make a lot of money. Um, and they also have unbelievable benefits that you couldn't get anywhere else. So I think some people are like, I'm there for the parental leave. I think other people there is a contingent of people who just think that the company's been mischaracterized and like what's going on on the inside is very different. And then like on a corporate, I think there's a lot of people who are just really disillusioned, but on a corporate level, you know, you have, you know, the CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, he just, he did this big pivot a couple months ago where he was said, um, he changed the company's name and he started basically saying, we're going to be, instead of a software company and a social network, we're going to be a hardware company which is like, I don't know, it's like, you know, it's a massive transition. I was trying to think of comparing the transition, but it's like becoming something that you are completely not. Um, You know, hardware and software companies very far apart from one another. The whole business is different. Um, And so to kind of change Facebook is going to be 
a years-long effort, if it's successful at all, because now they're, like, competing right up against Apple, you know, right up against all these, um, you know, Microsoft, all of these gaming console companies. And part of me thinks that Zuckerberg is just like, you know what? People are really demoralized working at Facebook, and they need something to get excited about, and he needs something to get excited about. What's the next new thing? So they rebranded themselves Meta to focus on virtual reality in the metaverse. They are moving their top talent in the company to work on this hardware side of the company. They are spending, they said they spent $10 billion last year uh, to do so. They're announcing tons of new jobs, yada, yada, yada. But the fundamental question is like, this is a really hard transition. This isn't just like putting a stamp, you know, you're putting a stake in the ground and then you have to execute. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. Again, we're talking to Elizabeth Dwoskin, a tech reporter at The Washington Post. Yeah, I mean, a lot of software companies that did went into hardware, it did not work. I guess with the whole metaverse thing, do you think that will help them gain re- relevance again? Because it seems like that's where we're headed in terms of the trend or uh, where community meets social. Well, it's not that Facebook is irrelevant. What, what happened today, let me start with what happened. What happened in their earnings report yesterday is that for the first time in the history of the company, they had a drop. The number of users around the globe fell. Now, just think about the growth trajectory. This is a company that for 18 years has only added more people. Yeah. And for the first time, it fell. Now, it fell by a very small amount. It was daily, daily users logging in daily. I want to say it fell by about 500 million daily, lower daily users. So very small, 500 million. This is a company that has half the world's population. Now, and that was only on the Facebook app. So they also own Instagram. They own WhatsApp. You know, they're, they're a conglomerate. And so one way to think about this is to say that the product that Mark Zuckerberg built in his dorm room back in 2004, um, that product is slowly and gradually becoming less relevant. Another way to think about it Oh, and I should add this, by the way, that they, they, they have this dip in numbers. They fell for the first time. Yeah. Most of that dip comes from users in Africa, India, oh, the Middle East, and Latin America. Well, because they, they've been stagnating for a long time already in mm-hmm. the U.S. because of all their scandals. I see that. Elizabeth, we could continue doing this. I could talk about it's this for so a long good. time. It, it is, is really so interesting. interesting. We need a wrap, though. But uh, thank you again for joining us and hope to have you back. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that was Elizabeth Dwoskin, tech reporter at The Washington Post. Next up, Team LGBTQ just got its first Olympics win, and we're celebrating all of it on our Yaz Queen of the Day after this. Okay. Let's please talk about this crazy story because a woman says she caught her husband texting with another man about Lady Gaga and now she's convinced he might be gay. So she's actually writing to this uh, advice columnist for Mm -hmm. help. She says this. My husband's been messing, uh, messaging a random guy. When I asked about him, he insisted it was innocent. He said they were talking about Lady Gaga as they are both fans and offered to show me the messages to prove it. She continues by saying, my husband says, it is sad. I have such little faith in him and he doesn't know how I can expect him to talk to anyone. And she replied saying, I don't think it's okay for him to start randomly messaging a gay guy. Now she Hmm. wonders, am I being oversensitive and overreacting? 
Girl, yes, you are <laughs> awful. She's mo- the most awful wife I've ever oh. in my entire life heard. Because the fact that this is the issue, we we really really need to have an interesting discussion about how cis hetero women also uh, contribute to toxic masculinity, yeah, uh, to yeah. homophobia in yeah. so many ways. And I think this is another. This is a, a prime example. Now, yes. I mean, my thing is, what's the big deal about your husband finding someone that they have something in common with and innocently talking to them about said thing that they like? I that, There is nothing. It's because of her association with Lady Gaga and the gay community, and he has to be gay if he likes Lady Gaga. But and my, talking also to a husband. It's like, what is she afraid a, a of? It's weird. Like, are you afraid that your relationship is about to, like, end because he's he's talking he to someone? might be gay and having not told her. That's wild. Yeah, all because of this. This is like the hints of someone being gay, that they talk to someone of the same sex and share uh, passion for something. Yeah, I just don't, I don't like that, the fact that, and the the reason why this has a big blowback is, guess what? A lot of times when these, you know, women, you know, these guys' girlfriends or partners, um, and they're like cishet straight guys, well, they're cishet guys, and they're being like basically bullied or chastised about their interests, that's what then turns into homophobia because oh, then yeah. they go and take that yeah. toxic masculinity and energy put that out to someone and, else. and put it out and harm yeah. someone else and do something harmful. It's all a cycle. It's a domino effect, definitely. And to act, you know, as women, we talk about the patriarchy, we talk about toxic masculinity and the impacts of it and how dangerous it is. And yet, yeah, we get to be aware of how we contribute to that and what kind of are we setting a certain standard? Are we putting uh, men in some sort of box that they need to stay in as well yeah. for us to feel more protected, quote unquote, as women or like of projecting our idea of what manhood means? I mean, you want to have a real conversation? Oh, here it goes. Are you? Well, this, I, I mean, well, I do remember the, oh. this type of thought process coming up with one of your, your with one of your exes. Well, you th- used to think that one person <laughs> was queer or no, gay. We you would, thought he was right, gay. So this is the. I wasn't the only. You would joke around. No, 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 no. You would joke around. I would never joke around in that way. I think it's a lot of people also would ask me. <laughs> I had a partner that would play women on videos, right? He was and, an actor. And so, yeah, he was a performer. Yeah, he wasn't just like doing his own videos, <laughs> even though I'm cool if you want to do that. Um, and a lot of people wondered, like, there's just right away the assumption that, oh, maybe this person is queer, maybe he's bi, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm, uh, which may, I mean, I wouldn't say it makes sense. Like, okay, I get it, but that's a very cliche thing. Like, you could be super straight and still do those but things. it wasn't was it just his like the the fact that he like you know he dressed up in these parodies or was it like also like other things that y'all went through that you felt like huh i wonder well uh, well if you are getting very personal if you um, want to talk about no, it no no yeah to. i mean like I, i'm trying I... to talk about it in a way that where it doesn't feel like you're telling all, your all right so here's the thing we're here Yolo. No, <laughs> Let's no go it's, there. it's when our when I think when I felt like our our sex life was having some issues, mm. and he didn't take initiative, and like he wasn't like complimenting, he wasn't doing things. I felt like as a partner, or th- what I would I want in yeah. a partner, but also approaching me in the way that would make me feel like sexy as a partner, yeah, uh, as a woman. It made me feel like maybe there's something here that there's something wrong here. The lack of intimacy, maybe something happened in his past, maybe. He is 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 
there's something else going on. Maybe he wants something else that yeah, I'm not giving yeah, him. Yeah. And I think that's actually very valid. Yes, I think that I, when I you're agree. not when you're in a relationship and there's multiple factors, your mind goes in many different directions. Literally. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having those thoughts, especially because you start to internalize like, oh my God, does this person even want me? And the possibilities of like your insecurities popping up. And I think that's and a it's human not experience. Just, by the way, and I think it's fair to say and to be open to it all, it's not just about saying, is there another woman or is he just wanting to be another woman? I yeah. say, does he want to just be with someone else like of any, <laughs> like any gender? But I mean, now, be careful what you wish for because now you have a horny boyfriend that wants you all the time. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. A jeweler has revealed the saddest order she's ever received. Okay. What? Yes. Okay, here we go. So this is the order she received uh, from a bride-to-be who found out her fiancé was cheating on her with her best friend. Oh, no. So, yeah, she decided, <laughs> this bride-to-be, to order two necklaces to reveal her discovery. Um, and she wrote this all in the letter. She was very clear about why she was wanting to order a necklace that said, you're a SL... Word SLT word. There's another letter. Oh, in there. another word for a promiscuous. Yes, woman. you're right. S word on one of the ne- necklaces and F U on the other one for my fiance. Thank you. Honestly, if I'm being honest, a necklace like that that says you are like a, I kind of would wear that. That's kind of cute. <laughs> you're Especially like, if it's cute, like it's against. Like yeah. if it's like a gold necklace and it's like cute gold lettering, mm-hmm. she spent the money on it. Why not own it? Yeah, street style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and of course, the jeweler to give some love to this bride to be who found out obviously some devastating news gave her a queen necklace in return because she deserves better. Oh. But the the thing is, if you found this out, like, would you do something like this? I don't know. This is the type of petty that I I I sign up for. I like to watch. Um, I like to read about. You know, this is the type of stuff that you would see on an episode of Gossip Girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, it just is hilarious to to see this type of, type of petty. Actually, I saw um, a TikTok recently because mm-hmm. clearly I'm turning into an obsessive TikTok person. I'm Shira. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it, someone did something like this where it was like these two girls, they had basically a balloon in front of them taped to them. They looked like they were naked. And the guy comes in and they're like, it's like with friends and stuff. And she's like, oh, I have a surprise. I want to like, you know, let's have this moment with, you know, my, you know, uh, these like my friend. Let's have a basically a threesome, right? Uh-huh. Girl. Literally, they pop the balloons, uh, revealing like that she's pregnant and he's the father. And it was like a big like thing, being like, I, I like I know what you did, and we coming together to say how much of a, a you know a d bag you are. Wow! It was like yeah. the juiciest thing. But I'm like, the more creative, the better. In my opinion, make the best out of it. You might as well. Right? <laughs> you might. And I as wonder well. though if this person now knows like that the the jeweler obviously she sent this order and maybe follows the jeweler on TikTok. Yeah. If she felt like, why are you telling everyone my business? No, I, I mean honestly, this is good content, and no one knows who it is that unless is true. that person. Once they deliver it, you know, puts it on TikTok themselves and then they reveal that they are the SL, you know. Exactly.
Well, what would you do if you were in this situation? At LGT Show is where you can find us on social media. But next up, the irony of Beijing hosting the Olympics as LGBTQ rights there remain in question. That and more next on What's Trending This Hour. We are back. And again, hope you're enjoying that music on Channel Q. More to come. But right now, let's get into some more show. The world's best best athletes are taking the stage in Beijing. But what are the prospects for Team LGBTQ+. Ooh, we got a whole sports hour, it we seems do. like. The it's interesting. <laughs> Co-founder of OutSports joins us in 10 minutes. All right. Love it. I'm going to learn something exactly. new Exactly. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Governor Christy Nome uh, signed the anti-trans sports bill in South Dakota today, and here's what she had to share. And that now we will ensure that we have fairness and a level playing field for female athletes here in the state of South Dakota at the K-12 level and at the university level. Uh, That bill will be enacted and I'm grateful for everybody's help and support on that issue. All right. Yes, uh, that means sports uh, sports participation in South Dakota is now mandated to be segregated by sex assigned at birth, either for boys or girls or co-ed sports. The bill takes effect July 1st. So awful. Yeah. Now, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene said she would consider running for president at an undefined time. Please, we don't need it. I hope it's when I'm like dead and gone. Seriously. Um, the, The idea was enthusiastically received by... Infowars, and maybe she's like talking about in another life. I don't, un, yeah, undefined time, right? Um, Donald Trump's recent promotion of vaccines has also troubled some of his far right supporters. So it seems like they're, you know, maybe she's going to be moving in where she thinks he's going to be uh, falling off because now that he's coming out about supporting the vaccine, wow, a lot of people don't agree with that, oh, right? God. So he's quickly losing his. His followers. I can't. It's really fascinating, actually, this whole thing and how they decide to run that. Uh, so, yeah, that was so much trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so this is really interesting. Um, Kathy Griffin has some hard feelings for the whole Jeff Zucker situation that we talked about earlier in the show. And obviously her whole, um, the whole CNN, continued CNN scandal. Mm-hmm. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Kathy Griffin is throwing some shade. And basically she calls it, quote, karma that Jeff Zucker was forced to resign from CNN over an undisclosed workplace relationship. So after the news hit um, that Zucker, the president of CNN Worldwide and chairman of Warner Media News and Sports, resigned effectively immediately after failing to disclose a relationship with a colleague, Griffin took a swipe at the executive, um, which you already know she was fired as CNN's New Year's Eve special co-host yeah. in 2017 over her infamous Donald Trump photo shoot. Well, uh, Kathy shared an image to her Instagram saying... Karma is the most patient gangster ever. She captioned the post, Bye, Jeff. (laughs) She also posted an image of Zucker and Trump sharing some laughs at the Friars Club roast of Trump in 2004 when Zucker was president of NBC Entertainment and Trump's The Apprentice had just debuted. She captioned it, Hi, boys. 
And I mean, we all know the Griffin story, but she opened up to the uh, New York Times last month about her 2017 firing from CNN, which she has made clear still irks her. She said that in December 2016, 10 days before she was to host the network's New Year's Eve show with co-host Anderson Cooper, she called Zucker to ask for a raise. She explained that she was carrying more of the prep work for the show than Cooper and felt she deserved more money for it. Hmm. Her contract was for $80,000, while Cooper reportedly earns $12 million a year from CNN. Yeah, he's a full-time employee, too. But yeah, I mean... I mean... $80,000 for a night... For yeah. CNN, for CNN's New Year's, that's uh, interesting. I wonder how much. But I mean, Kathy calling. Griffin is a pretty big kind of like. I mean, she makes probably for a show at a major venue. I wonder why. Like, so that you make that comparison, but yeah, and, and he I mean, said no, he basically shi- disagreed. It's probably all shifted to be honest. What she's making now, just because that Donald Trump thing did kind of hit her. But I also think people are trying to like revive, like they're trying to look at her in a different light from that as like we've moved on from that and honestly the Donald Trump thing that she did is not the craziest thing that we've seen at this point like at that point we're all kind of like oh that wasn't that really big of a deal yeah there's I, so many people like I, that I, yeah I, I I agree it was the beginning of of, of a lot of things oh, happening yeah, for not sure. to say it was right I, I don't think uh, you know showing showcasing anything that's like murder even if you're doing it in an ironic funny way yeah. um, it was a bit in bad taste that said and it's not like Trump is obviously as we know an amazing person but uh you know it's it's a hard thing in between what's arts and what hits reality, right? It's a fine line. Yeah, you're right. It is a very fine line. Um, But however, that is your T-Report. We got more coming up next hour, so stick around for that. Okay, well, who are some of the 35-plus out athletes who will be on the world stage in Beijing? And one has already won a medal. Well, we've got OutSports here for those answers next. Yeah, at least 35, (laughs) probably out, LGBTQ, uh, P, pansexual and non-binary athletes will be in Beijing for the 2022 Winter Olympic Games. And this is our sports theme, I guess. <laughs> no, because, okay. It's I've, cute. This was take the me out only, to the ball game. This is the only thing. When I thought sports, the, I thought take me out to the ball the game. It's queer version of take me out to the ball I, game. They said it had a disco version. I said, yes, oh, we're here. I love this it. This is our moment. I love it. <laughs> well, all those participating from the community in the Winter Olympic Games, uh, that's double the amount who competed in 2018 including the largest share of men. And I don't even think baseball is an Olympic sport, so no, I don't know but why it's, we're... it's sporty. Okay. Oh, you know, God, this is so it's embarrassing. It's all about <laughs> you have good intentions, okay? <laughs> Joining us right now is Jim Bazinski, co-founder of OutSports. Thanks for being here. Hey, how are you guys? You know, we're great. You know, sports it up. Yeah, we're excited for this. So uh, it's really exciting that the Olympics are happening, and already there's been an athlete in the community who's won. Tell us more. Uh, well, he's won his first curling match. Yeah, before that's you a rolled, win, You right? roll stones down and you use a broom to sweep ahead. I don't even understand it. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, just, it's just like they play many matches. He hasn't won a medal. They, they, the, him and his partner, they have pairs uh, curling. Well, we're really <laughs> premature on this. Like there's headlines that we had the first winner and everything. But hey, whatever works. Okay, yeah. but I mean, there's so much happening with the Olympics. This, this feels like, you know, this is such a big moment because there's so many uh, queer folks out here participating. How uh, is this a historic year that we've seen? Because it, it feels like it, it may be in some ways. Oh, we have the first non-binary athlete, um, Timothy Ledoux, who is a uh, pair skater. 
Um, they are the first, you know, non-binary, which is fantastic. We have eight out gay men skaters, and we had zero eight years ago. Um, we have 35 total athletes, which is a record. Um, a lot of women uh, on the hockey teams are openly LGBTQ. And that's just the people we know. I mean, there's a lot of people that are probably out that we just haven't been able to track down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it is historic. It was, I think, 15 people four years ago and it was seven four years before that. So it's wow. gone up five times in eight years. And um, yeah, that shows shows the power of uh, you know people comfortable more comfortable being out. Yeah, it really does. And I, I, I also wonder, like, especially because we're seeing the Olympics. I know the last Olympics, it was like a big thing because COVID of it all. Right. And COVID's yeah. still happening. How are we like, how is it? Has the rules changed? How are they keeping the athletes safe in in these moments of the Olympics? I know that's a big conversation. Well, China is an authoritarian country. They have basically a closed loop system where you get in the loop and you're not allowed to leave. Mm. They test you every day, and the athletes are actually freaking out because you get a positive test. You're going to be in isolation for up to seven days, which means you could miss your competition. So people are not happy about that. So there's actually some big names, non-LGBT, who would have won medals who didn't even go to Beijing because they've tested positive too soon to the competition. So... Uh, it's going to be something they're going to have to manage. It's not. It's not easy. But the biggest pro- the biggest hurdle for a lot of these athletes is the negative. They want to get a negative test every day. That means they can continue to train and compete. You get yeah. a positive test and you're isolated for seven days. It's like, well, your competition is in three days. Well, too bad. I can't imagine. Like you spend so much time leading up yeah. to that, and you did everything. Like, what if you did everything? You've been protected, and bad luck, right? You've just like been yeah, around so, something um, or someone. Yeah. But back to the the out athletes, it really just. A lot of it also is kind of cool social media that what we did at OutSports is we went through the Instagram accounts of hundreds of athletes, and you would find people who were open on their Instagram account. And then we would contact them because we never want to assume. And they'd write us back, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gay or I'm queer or I'm bi or I'm whatever. <laughs> and we found a lot of people that way who are just living an open life on, Insta- mm, on, you know, on social that. media, oh, wow. which, never, which never happened before, before Instagram or mm-hmm. you know, TikTok. You, you didn't have that, and now we're just finding. You know, we found a skater in Italy, um, and we simply wrote him and said, "Hey, it looks like it's you have a boyfriend." <laughs> he goes, "Yeah," and I'm gay, and I'm out. I was like, "Okay, add it to the list." So that's kind of cool. I mean, no, that's actually really interesting. It's like why you all are creating some sort of like queer tracker, <laughs> which is yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> which is so like I mean necessary because oftentimes we won't, like you said, we won't know, and these people deserve to 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 know that you know their community supporting them and rooting totally. for them, you know. Yeah, we go through it and we'll see like two women holding hands with a heart. It's like, okay, are they in love or are they just besties? Then we have to write them. And then they'll, you know, and if they don't reply, we don't, we don't, we never want to out anybody. So we're extra careful. So everybody on our list is legitimate. It's not like we took a, we took a reach, but it's amazing how many people write us back. Oh yeah, yeah, add me to the list. It's actually become a cool, it's been a cool thing for people. And uh, I think in Tokyo, we had like a hundred and 35 names on the list and it grew by 50 by the time the Olympics were done because people were writing us, hey, I'm not, how come I'm not on your list? Well, we oh. don't you're queer. Tell us you're queer. We'll put you on the list. So yeah. that's all you need to say. It's that not like you're so gatekeeping cool. the list. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Olympics being hosted in Beijing in a place where LGBTQ rights are pretty dismal? Pretty depressing, actually. And then you had their human rights record. It's actually like it shows the power of money. Because the international Olympics is getting so much money from the from the Chinese for this that they kind of look the other way. 
I know Grinder has been shut off in China, um, and they're actually encouraging athletes not to bring their own phones. They, they're telling them to buy a burner phone because wow. they say you're going to be tracked, and the tracking yeah. could, you know, you take your phone back to the states and you can be tracked uh, kind of permanently. So they're asking people to just leave their phones at home. It tells you how much surveillance goes on in China if you, if even athletes have to worry about that. Well, yeah, I mean, my thing is, as we start to talk about, you know, we start to see generations become more queer, it seems like organizations that put on the Olympics should start kind of really keeping in mind, you know, t- taking these queer athletes to safe spaces where they don't have to worry about buying burner phones as the host home, right? Well, that, the, yeah, the burner phones not just for the gay athletes, it's for anybody, yeah. it's just, but it just it's an extra level if you're, say you're not out and you're from a country where it's a little bit prohibited and the Chinese are snooping it on you, you never know if they wind up sharing that back with your home country. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, yeah, it's, and that's an area where just, you almost have to sort of say, well, you root for the athletes because the political situation ain't going to change, but it is kind of hideous that they even held them there in the first place. So I know it's just like the Olympics are just getting started, but it seems like every Olympics, there's always like a queer person that is a standout. Like it's either like, I, I mean, I don't know the guy that crochets or sews or whatever he did with the yarn. Um, but there's also like, you know, from Adam Rippon to Gus Kenworthy, like, are we seeing any standouts kind of coming, you know, into the, the conversation, even though it's like the first day, you know, people seeing the fine ones. Well, there's Jason Brown, American figure skater, who has a chance for a medal. Um, and there's several other figure skaters who could win gold medal in their pairs or dance, including a, 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 a French guy named Cizeron, who, who could win the gold medal at his partner. And yet you had a Russian judge a, a, a couple months ago saying that uh, because he's gay, he can't feel the romantic attachment to his partner. And so, therefore, he dances coldly. I mean, it shows you the kind of incredible homophobia that goes wow. on. Um so we got to hope that that kind of stuff doesn't happen where some judge dings somebody because they're LGBTQ. Yeah. Uh, there's a speed skater, Brittany Bow. She'll be carrying the U.S. flag in the ceremony tomorrow. She is openly LGBTQ. Oh, that's um, exciting. She could, she, could win a, she could win a speed skating medal. She's the only out athlete we know of who's carrying the Olympic flag. So oh. uh, look for her on the ceremony. She, there's like always a man and a, a male, female carry, and she's carrying it for the, for the female contingent. So. Beautiful. Um, no speedos, though. It's the only problem with the Winter Olympics. It's just they're, they're too—they're way too covered up. I mean, you don't have the singlets in wrestling or in track. You don't have the speedos. You know, on, on the, you know, the tight uh, swimsuits and the men and the women. You get everyone yeah. bundled up like they're, you know, the Michelin man. So it's kind of hard to tell. It's just it's up to our imagination. Well, Jim Bazinski uh, from OutSports, you're going to stick around with us because we have more coming up. Oh, yes, we do, because there's been so much happening in the sports world from, like, new football team names and then, of course, the 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 Bengals, who actually are, you might be surprised, they have the most LGBTQ-like support from fans. Who knew? I mean, well, we're about to find out more coming up next. Okay, so have you heard of the Cincinnati Bengals? Me? Yeah. I, I feel like I have, but I, I'm not like, I don't know them very well. <laughs> no, here's the thing. We don't talk on Twitter or anything. <laughs> we don't DM each other. So the Cincinnati Bengals, I, I heard their name while I was watching, I think, like the Today Show. Um, yeah. And I literally thought they were talking about 
uh, the wrist jewelry. accessory. Yeah, like jewelry. Yeah, and I was bangles. like, oh, okay, bangles. Well, the Cincinnati Bengals, are the, which they, I guess they made their first AFC championship appearance since 1988, have the most supportive fans online of LGBTQ communities, according to a survey that examined 2,930 posts on Reddit NFL forums. Joining us to break all of the sports news that we need is Jim Bozinski uh, from OutSports.com. Thanks for coming back. You're the co-founder of OutSports. Thanks so yeah, much for being I, I, here. I didn't, I didn't flee, so you guys did a good job. Oh, thanks. I, I brought back <laughs> the Take Me Out disco version just for you. Okay, so talk to us a little bit about why this is such a, 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 a wonderful thing, especially the relationship between queer people and sports often. Like, why is this special? Well, it just, it just shows that there there's a more... I hate the word acceptance, like we shouldn't have to be accepted, but more acceptance of LGBTQ culture and people in in the general world, including sports. I mean, we had the first openly gay NFL player play the whole season this year with no incident, no problem. So this poll examined which fans online are the most LGBTQ supportive. And the Bengals kind of surprised people because they're a team most people haven't paid much attention to because they've been really lousy for most of the last, 30 years, uh, and they made the Super Bowl last week. So for the first time, as you said, since 1988. Good um, karma, so, you know, for being yeah, good people, really. I guess. Yeah, and it just shows, I think, that people less care about that kind of stuff than they used to. It's just kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know, which is a good thing. And I think even in the NFL, they've, they've taken a lot of steps on a corporate level to be very inclusive uh, of their staff, you know, the front office, uh, the commissioner's brother is gay, um, and they have a very close relationship. So it's like, in that level, it's great. So you're going to have two organizations, and the Rams have two uh, gay male cheerleaders on their squad who have been profiled. And they're, you know, that's it, the L.A. Rams against the Bengals next week out in L.A. is the Super Bowl. Yeah. So you have, you have two groups, groups, two teams that are pretty LGBTQ friendly. Well, though, it seems like the L.A. Rams were the lowest over here, 29.4%. Yeah, but I live here. I just a lot of that stuff. Like, what do you consider a negative comment on a, you know, on a web post, you know, like yeah. on a comments post? A lot of it to me, I didn't take the numbers all that strictly seriously because they use a certain methodology. Because I live out here and I know Rams fans are very, you know, the whole organization is very pro-LGBTQ. Outsports had a conference in 2019, and the Rams were one of the teams that provided us with merchandise. They sent people out to our event. They brought banners. They sent their cheerleaders. So as an organization, they've been great. It doesn't mean they don't have fans like any fan base that are, you know, could be homophobic jerks. But right. um, so the Rams themselves are actually pretty real, real positive towards the community. Well, I mean, this is exciting. I know there's been also like a lot of like other NFL news when it comes to like the Washington, what, Commanders? That's the, they got, they were in like a whole scandal and they just changed their name, right? Well, they used to be, I'll just say the name, the Redskins for okay. decades and finally went through their heads that it's a racist name, so they changed it after probably been beaten over the head for decades about it. Right. And they were the Washington football team for two seasons. It was actually it was kind of a cool name. <laughs> it just was so simple. And then they changed it officially to the Commanders, which is kind of one of the dumbest, clunkiest, like, you know, people already call them the commies for short. Oh, um, God. That's... <laughs> <laughs> which is perfect. I mean, if they had been the Commandos, you know, like, commandos. and then with their underwear, then it would have been, okay, that would have been have a cool little thing. But, oh, yeah, the yeah. Commanders, like. Wow. Just and it's a franchise that's been rife with accusations of racism and sexism and just yeah. 
you know, it's 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 a team hard to root for, and so it would it would be up it would be just like them to pick a really lame name, the Commanders. Oh, really? <laughs> What's a commander anyway? Well, I mean, honestly, thank you so much for yeah, that was fun. You really helping us get through this because I I don't think we would have ever known without you. All right, now let me ask: Are you both going to watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm probably yeah. I, I'm going to watch it for the halftime show and then the commercials I, I, as usual. Yeah, and a reason the to halftime show. have a nice. Well, uh, uh, you got these hot players in, in tight pants and Come uniform. On. You, you got to watch that. You got to watch the players too. Yeah, but honestly, I could just watch like Last Chance You on Netflix <laughs> to get that. There you go. Come on, Ryan. You want to come over? We'll ha- we'll have some diet cokes and vodkas together. It's like my chief my cheap drink. Oh God. Well, Jim, I don't want you to have to deal with this any more longer than you have to. Thank you so much for joining us. And everyone, check out OutSports.com. Jim Bunz, uh, Busky, but, but, Bazinski. 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 Oh, my thank God. Thank you so much for having me. I love it. No, of, of course. No, seriously. And we're super happy that you have this amazing website and literally are like queer representation yourself. Yeah, so in, important. Do, in sports. We right. really need more of that. So that's great. Well, anytime you want me on, let me know. Oh, yeah, You're going to be our sure. new sports contributor. We just decided that. Yeah, okay, for sure. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, coming up, seven signs your friendship won't last. Oh. Okay, we're going there after this. So how do you know that a friendship won't last? Well, before you go into the list, what? let's have a little bit of a conversation oh. here. Okay. Sure, love's going straight to a list. I love my list. How did you know when a friendship that you ended are just ended okay so i have a few you know as you get older ryan back in my day (laughs) um i just want to do that every time i talk about an age thing well ryan as you get older which then i feel bad she's like dumbledore oh my god it's like you're dumbledore with a whole beard and you're like 785 (laughs) don't hair shame oh my god (laughs) body hair shame Mm -hmm. okay so um my thing specifically has been um, when the value system is off, mm. right? That's been a clear thing as the years have gone by where there's just like a non-alignment. Um, they just, you know, yeah, they're in a different place, whether it be yeah, politically or value system. Right. It's probably not going to last. Right, right? of and, course. And it, as you get older, it's funny because like way back in the day, one, I don't just, like politics just never came up. And... Now it it does, obviously. And even, yeah, I don't know. It just never came up in friendships, right? Well, sure, I can, I can probably explain I know why that. it didn't come I mean, up. It didn't come up in friendships. I can, I can explain specifically but why I it didn't come up in your friendships. But I don't even remember my friends even talking about, this is horrible to say, even voting, right? I, <laughs> I know. I, mean, I know. This is the reality. I mean, no, it is. I'm being it honest. And so as, honest. as time has continued in the spaces I'm in, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm bringing up things happening in my world and like things I'm discovering and things I'm learning and things I'm caring about. And then when people are, you know, it's a wall. Right. I'm like, okay, this is probably not going to last. I would say that I know a friendship's not going to last if they're always negative, gossiping. Okay. Right? And not uh, like supporting me or helping I, you, me with You know how I know a friendship won't last? What? If you're talking too much. <laughs> I, just, I know when a friendship won't last when you, they're not a listener. <laughs> Actually, one of the things on this list is it's const- consistently one-sided. A friend who always goes to a personal monologue. No, but I think for me, what I learned, um, with especially like going through a friendship breakup, actually, mm-hmm. is um, how a friendship isn't going to last if you can't, if you feel like you can't 
all the way be your 100% self. Uh, When you Uh feel like you're kind of dancing around certain Uh topics, when you can't bring anything to the table, whether if it's uncomfortable or it's like something that you really want to talk about, but you don't know how the other person's going to react and all these things. Like, I I, I feel like that is a friend. Like, that's not what I want in friendships. And I feel like I, as I'm constantly getting older and my relationships are shifting, I feel like I'm finding more and more the type of, uh, relationships I want mm-hmm. that mean something that are important to me, and um, I think the signs are always there. Yeah, there. I mean, and like even if you're, they're not always there. They, it starts out good, but once things start to kind of shift and change, mm-hmm. I feel like you feel it, and you just gotta trust your instinct. True. I I agree. And I think that I could have some friends that I don't see for a long time. We don't even go out of our way to make plans together. But yet I know every time we talk or every time we hang out, it's just like I just feel good. Yes. Right. right? I think that's the type of like that is real adult relationship. Yeah. Because you're not always going to be around. No. Life happens. It might be months in between you see each other. And that's okay. Literally, me, me and my best friend, Amy, in New York, we like we don't talk to each other all the time throughout the year, but if I'm wherever in each, in the, in each other's cities, it's like time has not even passed by. Yeah. And that's what it's supposed to be. But what's on this list that well, we should Well, pretty much know? the things we touched on, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, here, I'm going to go to the top. It's consistently one-sided. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, what is yeah, that? Yeah, we know what that means. You, you yes. don't have, yeah. Being around this person makes you feel bad. Okay. You don't have any plans to get together. Oh, girl, I yeah. went through that at the end of the year. They don't celebrate your success. Also went through that. <laughs> your communication is strained. Ooh. There's an unresolved breach of trust. Oh. And they don't listen to your perspective. Wow. So there you go. That's Those are the signs you know of friendship. You might be ready to call it a day. Yeah, but I think, you know, I always feel like, if people, it, it takes, depending on the friendship, it takes two people to want to repair something. And oh, yeah. if they feel like it's important to them and a relationship is, in, is, is important, you know what, yeah. you, y'all will always find a way to, to figure it you, out. You know what also is such a thing for me when I hear from other friends, like if they're talking about our friendship when it's not working behind the, my back. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you just come to me? Let's have a conversation. I, I will say that sometimes people do need sounding boards to oh, figure totally. out, like to be like, Okay. But if they're I, always, if it's yeah, like, if they're not you're ever, always yeah. finding out about what that person really thinks. That ain't okay. From someone else. Yeah, that ain't okay. That is not cool. That's not cute. At any rate. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's our list for today. Wow. And I, if, you, if you, if this resonated with you. It resonated I, with me. Yeah. I hope you're moving into a place where you'll meet the right people and have good friends. Yeah. You deserve it. Just uh, breaking news here. Me and Shira's relationship is over. Okay, well, thanks for hanging out with us right here on Channel Q. More music coming up. But right now, let's get into some more show. What's wrong with me? Yes. I love this song. Disturbia Rihanna. Yes, so good. Happy pregnancy, by the way. Oh, my God. She's a beautiful pregnant woman. She's iconic. Yes, she is. So we're going to be getting into Facebook. It dropped like $200 billion in value. I wonder what Mark Zuckerberg is thinking right now. We're going to tell you why with The Washington Post in 30 minutes. And some news on what Kanye West did for his new girlfriend's birthday. That's in the oh, tear board at the moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. More than one in four LGBTQ youth have experienced homelessness or housing instability at some point in their lives. That's according to a new report from the Trevor Project. It shows um, including nearly half of Native Indigenous LGBTQ youth and ne- nearly 40% of transgender and non-binary youth. So 35% of LGBTQ youth who are homeless and 28% who have experienced housing instability also 
not surprisingly, reported a suicide attempt in the last year, compared to 10% of LGBTQ youth who are not housing insecure. So homeless LGBTQ youth are also two to four times more likely to report depression, anxiety, self-harm, suicidal thoughts, and suicide attempts. You know, we are reporting a lot about these studies, which unfortunately it's not surprising. I'm just wondering, okay, like my hope is all this data and information is being used to shift some policy. Right. Because these reports are getting really depressing. I mean, all the news, unfortunately, is really depressing. Yeah. Um, so once again, uh, while we uh, do support nonprofits that do this work and for suicide prevention and intervention, and we talked about this with Shar, there needs to be more fundraising around housing for um, LGBTQ community, for trans individuals. There, there's a huge homelessness and unhousing issue. So hopefully something will be done with that. Now let's move on to a U.S. special operations mission in northwestern Syria that has killed an ISIS leader. And here's President Biden sharing more. Last night, operating on my orders, the United States military forces successfully moved a major terrorist threat to the world, the global leader of ISIS, known as Haji Abdullah. He took over as leader of ISIS in uh, 2019 after the United States counterterrorism operation killed al-Baghdadi. Since then, ISIS has directed terrorist operations targeting Americans, our allies and our partners, and countless civilians in the Middle East, Africa, and in South Asia. Okay, well, thankfully, all the uh, American soldiers came back safe. And finally, um, this is really sad and trigger alert. The mother of Chesley Chris, the former Miss USA who died Sunday, has shared a touching tribute to her daughter, revealing she suffered from depression that she, quote, hid from everyone. Chris died at the age of 30 after falling from an elevated position from a building in New York City's Hell's Kitchen area. Her death was ruled a suicide by the New York City Office of the Chief Medical Examiner. Her mom posted this on Instagram. Today, what our friends and family uh, privately knew was the cause of death of my sweet baby girl. She said her daughter was living a public and private life. And in her personal life, she was dealing with high-functioning depression, which she hid from everyone, including me, her closest confidant, until very shortly before her death. Yeah. Uh, that is, I mean, it's just so sad. What, what? I mean, she's actually someone who's like talked about her her struggles with mm-hmm. mental health and then also like the hate that she was getting online and and then also that anxiety that people feel around getting older when she you know I was watching several segments where they were talking about how it's she's fun, done yeah. you know she did an, uh, um, basically an article an essay talking about turning 30 and how she feels like at that point in her life she just didn't have what society deems you're supposed to have it was a really beautiful article I believe, I believe it was on Allure um, but it's just, it's, it's something to be said about what people are really going through. Yeah. It's really, really sad. Yeah. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so, um, wow. Um, let's talk about Kanye West's hmm. girlfriend. Because okay. at this point, she may be having the best 2022 <laughs> than, like, anyone. Okay. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Kanye West's over-the-top gestures made their way into Julia Fox's birthday celebrations. A source close to the uh, couple confirmed to Page Six Style that Kanye gifted basically Julia her and her friends Birkin bags in honor of Fox's 32nd birthday. Okay. Basically, he bought five Birkins, which start 
at around $10,000. And then, like, basically, they're all posed, taking pictures together where they're all holding the bags. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, what are you actually doing? I mean, if he wants to spend his money that way, honestly, shout out to Julia because, girl, know your worth, and you obviously know it because clearly you yep. got these men <laughs> wrapped around your finger. Whatever Even if he doing. is having a mental health breakdown. Oh, God. Even. I'm just saying. So, um, yeah, it's just really interesting to see how this is all playing out and how he's just gifting her with everything. I'm amazed when these things happen because both of them have kids and you're wondering, like, when do you take care of your kids in the midst of all this? Or is it just we see? Julia had kids. Yeah, she has one one child. Oh, see, I don't know much about her. I just found out she was an actress. I only knew because I did go to her Instagram and she was saying happy birthday to this one year old. Yeah. That's not her kid. That's her nephew. Well, that's your T-Report. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com to check out any of the stories that I've covered. And, of course, headlines are there as well. Um, What's coming up for the rest of the hour? Well, will SCOTUS allow racial gerrymandering during Black History Month? They very well might. And that's next. We are wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. We've already got a winner for Team LGBTQ at the Winter Olympics, and it's gay British curler Bruce Moat. Oh. Yes. All right. So basically, we we I feel like every Olympics, we're looking for like a, a, a gay boy who's doing something special. Exactly. Or not special at all, I mean, seriously. I mean, it's special. I, he's part of the uh, curling duo, Great Britain's Mixed Curling. I don't even know what curling is. It like involves... Like the iron? Uh, the curling iron? He's just basically doing somebody here? I need to look this up. Curling Olympics. Oh, it is God. a sport. I know, yeah, it's the one where they push that oh, thing on the ground and it goes really yes, slowly. It's a very cruise ship game. I don't think sure. they would like to say that, but... You know, that's a good comparison. So, Muat came out as gay eight years ago and is the only publicly out athlete competing in Olympic curling. Love that. So, a big congrats. You get our Yaz Queen of the Day. And, I mean, we literally highlighted earlier in the show all of these amazing, incredible queer folks who are competing. Go check that out. Again, you can just listen to our podcast, of course, right? Yes. Always on the Odyssey app. Search Let's Go There with Sharon Ryan. But that does it for our show today. Mm -hmm. But we are back tomorrow, same time, weekdays here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern live. It's our Friday show, so Sharja Sell will be here as always yes. on the third night. So excited. And actually, um, every time Shar comes on, we're actually covering a really amazing author who just dropped their version of a Whitney Houston uh, docu- well, not documentary, but like a biography. Yeah. And it, it details because they were actually, Garrett Kennedy was the last person to have one uh, actual conversation, one of the last people wow. to have a conversation with Whitney Houston before she passed, like days before she passed. Amazing. And so he is going to be joining oh, us. He's so amazing. Exciting. I'm very, very excited about it. Char brought it to the table. And so I can't wait. It's a, it's a great day to you know, have Char here. Exactly. And do everything else. And, of course, if you miss any of our shows, we have a podcast. As I mentioned, just search it on Odyssey app or where podcasts are available. It's our show name. Let's go there with Sharon Ryan. We are sending you love and light. And, honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris, where he's covering busting relationship myths for long-term success. Bye, y'all. That's next.